It went straight down the middle. Then it started to. So, how did that change your life? Oh, dramatically. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't be talking to you guys right now if I didn't do that. So, we'll start there. Okay. <laughs> You're right. You're right. That's right. You are uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I- immeasurably, and shucks. So what are we in now? 23. So what am I? I'm 15 years removed, am I? Or is that – how's my math on that? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So I'm 15 years removed and still, you know, daily, somehow, some way, I'm reminded. Reminded of, of it. Week, yeah. Whether it be a flag – coming in the mail or a scorecard in the mail yeah. or doing something like this with talk with the to boat somebody yeah or running into somebody uh you know it just uh it never ceases to amaze me the far-reaching power of augusta national and the masters yeah you know the open has the history and um these incredible venues uh, that the championship is played on. But the Masters, in my mind, transcends our sport to where uh, people who don't necessarily pay much attention to golf, they know what the Masters is, they know what Augusta National is. Yeah. And uh, it, uh, it always makes me chuckle when I have these moments where uh, I run into different situations and experiences in my life because of that week. Yeah. Yeah, you get a nice little coat out of the deal. You get some fun dinners uh, every Tuesday. Yeah. Before. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot it's of perks cool. come with that one. It's awesome. It's awesome. So uh, we could go on and on about the Masters and your experience there, but just in the interest of time, uh, you know, let's get you, let's get you to uh, at least one more victory. That was in 2013. But before that, and sometime after the Masters went, of course, as you get into 2009, uh, you get some nagging injuries that start creeping up on you. Yeah. Um, not fond memories, these ones. For the most part, there's all been fond memories. But this is a tough time. Shortly after I won um, in 08, uh, in about October, November that uh, year, started feeling some pain in my left wrist. Uh, I, I play golf right-handed, but I'm naturally left-handed very left side dominant it's one of the reasons why i've always been able to really turn the blade down compress the ball flight it low Uh, and so all of a sudden my strength became my weakness Uh, and i started feeling pain in my left wrist tried my best to block it out you know we've got to remember i'm 28 years old at this time i still feel like i'm bulletproof you know take take a couple uh painkillers take a couple ibuprofen and Keep firing away. Don't yeah. worry about anything. Uh, but before long, it uh, it really started causing an issue, and not just from a pain standpoint, but because I was starting to uh, change my swing without knowing it, without wanting to. And, uh, you know, golf at the highest level is very, very delicate. It doesn't matter who you are. You know, you can be Tiger Woods. You can be anybody but when you're at elite, elite level, it's a very delicate balance between being at the top and sustaining that and being one little thing away, one little injury away from completely falling down the ranks or losing your confidence. And, uh, 
you know, unfortunately, that's what happened to me. I tried to muscle my way through it. Being a Masters champion, I had countless, numerous, unbelievable opportunities yeah. uh, to go all over the world as the Masters champion, to play all over the world. Um, and I wanted to do those things. And so I, I kept putting this injury on the back burner in the back of my mind, taking more painkillers, trying to find a way to, to, to work my way through it, hoping that it would go away. And, um, you know, when I look back at it now, that was the, the giant mistake I made yeah. was not having the wherewithal to take the break and get it seen to when it began. Uh, and before you know it, you've got a whole host of, of bad habits and you lose a little confidence. Now this puts me uh, toward the end of 2009. Now I'm at a point to where it would even hurt when I was putting. Mm -hmm. So as I would release the putter, I would even start to feel it and feel uh, like a little, like a little jab almost of pain. Yeah. And your brain just doesn't ever want to go there. Your brain doesn't want to allow your body, doesn't want to allow you to put your body in a position to feel pain. So now that's why the bad habits start to creep in with technique. So now, end of 2009, I uh, end up going to the uh, wrist specialist in New York City. And uh, I'm like, I've been having this pain. Been about a year. He looks at me like I'm crazy because I've been a year. You know, in his world, in New York City, athletes, you know, you see NFL players or NBA players, they injure themselves, they have surgery the next day, and then yep. they recover and get back on the court. Yep. He's like, you've been playing like this for a year? We look at the MRIs and the scans and stuff, and he's like, I can't believe you've been playing golf with this situation. <clears throat> so uh, do the surgery the next day, and now the process begins. I got a cast on it for a few weeks. Uh, it's about... Um, you know, a number of months before I can get back out and putt. And then I have to slowly but surely start to work my way back. And, you know, the simple truth is I was just never the same. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was just never the same. I didn't have the same um, movement, flexibility, and strength in that lead wrist. Uh, they ended up going in in three places to fix the, the numerous issues that I had. And uh, it was just never quite the same. I just didn't have that, that, that something special. And, uh, you know, in golf, and I have this discussion with my son almost daily, the mental part of the game is so vitally important. And when you just have that little bit of doubt creep in, it's catastrophic. Yeah, it is. And that's unfortunately what happened to me and it was just never quite the same. I would get little glimpses of it every now and then, you know, uh, thinking back to like maybe 2012 um, or 2010, I played well at the Open-ish, like top 20. 2012, I think I had a top 10 at the PGA maybe, the one that, that Duffner won. Um so there was little glimpses, but in my mind, I knew that, that things were different. Yeah. 
So uh, it became a bit of a slog. It became a slog. And, it was, and I saw the other side of the game where, uh, you know, you're really struggling and you have a lot of tough conversations with yourself. There's a lot of, lot of, lot of um, tough nights, you know, where there's mm-hmm. some tears and there's some anger and there's frustration and you really lean on, once again, you know, I mentioned my wife earlier, you lean on people like that, that you know have always had your back, that you know have been there with you through thick and thin. And, uh, you know, you lean on those people to try and navigate your way through. It can be a very lonely place when you're at home trying to figure out a way and then you take that moment and then all of a sudden you're in a position where you feel extremely exposed out on a golf course in front of many <laughs> nowhere to hide TV, trying to <laughs> put a, a score on the scorecard and it's why i have such admiration for golfers that maintain elite level for a long period because we don't have teammates we don't have the ability you know i watch these other sports where baseball for instance you can have a all-star pitcher that's a stud and he's the Cy Young winner and he's just the man out there and he's been killing it all year and all of a sudden gets to the playoffs and he goes out and he has a couple bad innings and they get a few hits and they're not you know they run a few in and all of a sudden they're like they take him out yeah yeah and they bring someone else in you know Golfers don't have that ability. No. I w- I, at, that, at that time, I wish I had a way to substitute, like bring in the left-hander, back in. Bring in the yeah. left-hander. <laughs> but uh, you know, that's one of the the the, the beauties of our, of our sport, and uh, why I don't think golfers get enough um, recognition. Okay, it's not physical in the sense to where you know we have to be able to jump high or um, take body blows from take punching. body, but man, it is a mental beast yeah. that we have to deal with out there. And for the players that have been able to uh, manage to stay at the top for the long time, to me, it's an incredible achievement. Jeez. And uh, and so that was uh, a tricky time for me in uh, in that period, to where I knew mentally that I just wasn't quite the same, and. Uh, that's a that's it's is there's a bit of torment there when uh like your mind is willing but your body's no longer able. Yeah. Yeah. And you see that with with uh, athletes across the board how at times you know that's when they can get crossed up a little bit because uh, you still feel like you can do it, but your body just won't, is not able to, yeah. to move the thing. Yeah. So now you're, you're sort of age 33 or so, and uh, uh, maybe it's time to think about plan B, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, I still hadn't thought too much about it. Um, you know, I was fighting my way to keep my card on the PGA Tour. Uh, somewhere along the lines there, I lost my card, and then I won a a corn ferry playoff event to get my card back mm-hmm. and so I kept struggling and finding my way you know top 10s were hard to come by good weeks was more like a 25th place um, and so you're grinding it out uh, and then I started playing in Europe again 
And out of the blue, I got a phone call from somebody that introduced himself as a producer at Golf Channel here in Orlando. His name is Mark Summer. I'll never forget him. And a wonderful guy that had a ton of experience. He came from ESPN to Golf Channel and uh, did an amazing job at both places. And he asked me flat out. He was like, uh, you don't know me. My name is Mark Summer. I work at Golf Channel. Uh, have you ever thought about doing TV? I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, well, no is the answer. I'm still playing. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're still playing. I'm not asking you to stop playing. But have you ever thought about it? And uh, I was like, well, no, but tell me more. And he's like, okay, well, let's go have lunch and, and talk about it. And uh, about a week later, we went and had lunch. And um, he convinced me to come in a few days later and do like an audition and see the studios when they were still based down here in, in Orlando. Mm -hmm. And went down and hung out for the day and did an audition. And he was like, oh, you see, that wasn't so bad. I think you can be really good at this. In fact, uh, why don't you come on and work a few shows and we'll just see. And that was the start of it. Mm. And then I started doing some uh, Golf Channel Morning Drive back in the day. I started doing Golf Central and uh, started doing shows with um, – you know, people that are famous in the golf TV industry, like people like Gary Williams, people like Brandel Shambly, Frank Nobolo, um, you know, all these types of people. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed being uh, plugged into the game. I enjoyed this, the studying aspect of it. And what I learned about myself through that process was I liked I like the climb. I like the, the part of acquiring a new skill and of learning new things and trying new things. That is the part that really gets me going as a person. And so here I was in my mid to late 30s and I was having to learn something completely different, a whole new skill, but I had the, the backup of all my golfing experience. So I was mm. talking about golf, but I was having to understand TV and how mm. that works. So I started getting a number of reps doing like live shows, live from, like I said, morning drives, waking up at three in the morning, going to do production meetings, coming on air at 6 a.m. So I really understanding the TV business. And I just slowly but surely started getting more and more breaks. Uh, Turner Sports then asked me to come and work a PGA Championship. They used to do the early coverage at the PGA Championship. Yeah. So I got to do that a couple times and you know sit up there with another broadcasting legend in Ernie Johnson, who to this day is one of my favorites to watch on TV. Yeah. And so now here I am. I'm, I'm now back in the teenage days, so to speak, watching Gary and Ernie and Mark McNulty and Nick Price and I'm learning from all of these people except now I'm you know it's in a TV aspect mm -hmm. and I got such a kick out of that I got a kick out of being on a team and being a part of something bigger than myself working together with a number of people and uh it really has been been a wonderful ride and so now to you know in TV terms very quickly uh get to this position analyst for CBS has uh, has been a wild ride yeah. but 
I can sit here and, and tell you guys from the bottom of my heart that I love my job. I love my job. I enjoy every single second of it. Uh, the teammates I work with in front and behind the camera, you know, we have hundreds of people that uh, work for CBS, putting a golf show on, putting a PGA tour on CBS. And we just have a blast doing it. And uh, it's something that I hope to be able to do for, for a very long time. Yeah. It sure seems like a fun group too. We, you know, of course we've had Baker Finch on the program yep. and we've had Dottie on the program. Uh, yep. uh, you look at the pedigree, the, the, the fellas that came before you in that role, right? I mean, you can kind of almost go back to Kerry Middlecoff. That's right. Right. And, and, and Ken Venturi and Lanny Watkins and Sir Nick Faldo. That's quite a, quite a lineup there before we get to, to young Trevor Immelman. I know it's nuts when you think about it in that sense. Uh, yeah, I think I'm the fifth lead analyst for CBS. Uh, I try my best not to think about stuff like that because uh, it can uh, it can unsettle you in the sense of making you too careful. Yeah, I think at yeah. least this is my perspective. Right. I think the reason I'm there, the re- reason I'm in that position, is because I love the game. Um, and I have a particular energy about that. I'm excited when I talk about the golf courses and about the players and about the shots they're hitting and explaining how good that shot is and how unlikely that shot is and how amazing it is that Rory McIlroy can hit this bunker shot in this moment and hit this 350-yard drive and find the middle with the FedEx Cup on the line or trying to win mm-hmm. a, a, a major or, you know, there's just like, I get, I get such a kick out of that. And being a part of this team, like you say, something bigger than yourself, trying to put a, a high-quality product on TV, um, you know, I think you've got to r- really feel, and Jim Nance and I talk about this a lot, you've got to feel like you are sitting at home on a couch with your friends talking about the game. Yeah. You've got to allow people... To feel like they're, you know, they're at home on the couch, they're in a pub with their buddies, they're watching a sport they love, you're having fun with them, you every now and then showing them something, teaching them something, making them laugh, keeping them interested. Uh, you know, you've got to be natural and authentic. And so when I think about, man, you're only the fifth guy to hold this position. You're sitting next to broadcasting royalty in Jim Nance. Uh, you are one of the main voices of the game. Like all that stuff would freak me out too much. So I, I don't, yeah. Yeah. I don't think about that because I feel like it'll make me too careful. <laughs> you know, I want to be as natural as I can at all times. Yeah, you know, I, I think about. Uh, uh, I'm going back now in my own life. You know, as a kid, and I think about who told the stories of all the great sports events and championships of my youth, right? And the names that pop up are, you know, Jack Buck and Harry Carey and Chris Schenkel and Kurt Gowdy and Vin Scully mm-hmm. and and yeah. uh, Pat Summerall and, and right. you know, whether it's football, golf, whatever. And so I'm sure when those guys were doing what you're doing now, they weren't thinking about it that much in terms of the impact it's having on the creating the memories of, of people's youth. But... It, 
I think in 20 years, you'll have the perspective looking back and say, oh, wow, that was pretty cool. Yeah. That mm-hmm. opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's, it's an amazing opportunity. And I, I'm sure looking back in 20 years from now, if I'm blessed enough to be able to keep this job that long, uh, there'll be some, some fun stories to tell and some amazing moments. Yeah. But already very quickly, uh, the first year with CBS has, has been tremendous. You know, our sport, whether you like it or not, is in the news. There's a lot going on. Oh, yeah. things, <laughs> things are changing. Uh, and so for me to be in Butler Cabin calling my first Masters with Jim, and having such an amazing Sunday, a long Sunday because of the weather delays. You know, what did we have? 28 or 9 holes on that Sunday. Yeah. You got two heavyweights in Kepka and Rahm going at it. Uh, you know, that was that was a, a mammoth day. Yeah. Seeing John Rahm win, um, all the, 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 the emotion and history of Seve and, and his history at Augusta National and how much he's meant to Spanish golf and John Rahm. And then you fast forward to the PGA Championship and Ken Brooks now forget about what happened on Sunday at the Masters where he had the lead and coughed it up. You know, all the stuff about Liv and the division in the game. You know, how is he going to handle all these things? Uh, great back and forth there with... Um, Hovland and a couple others, uh, and he gets his fifth major, which is spectacular. His third PGA Championship, which is spectacular. So quite quickly, you know, you have what happened in the majors. You have the fantastic story at uh, the Canadian Open. Oh yeah, <laughs> with Nick Taylor being the first Canadian to win in more than fifty years. The putt for Eagle after the long playoff, the sun's going down, it's raining. And we had so many great moments. Fast forward to uh, Hovland's 61 in the mm-hmm. final round of the BMW, and then he's brilliant, played the Tour Championship. It was a historic season for us as well because it was the first time all of the playoffs were on CBS. So it was, uh, it was spectacular. So many new, um, and I don't mean that in an arrogant way. I mean that because that's how much fun we had. Yeah, yeah. Doing it, so many new technologies, the walk and talks, miking players up, uh, them having the the guts to, in the middle of their round, put an earpiece in and talk to us and tell us what's going through their minds. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of cool stuff happened this season, and uh, hopefully we can keep building on that. Yeah, well, uh, I'm. I hope you've got a lot of great years ahead of you at CBS, and uh, it's always good to hear that you're enjoying the ride while it's while it's lasting. Before we let you go, uh, there's always uh, a handful of questions that we like to ask you as we kind of put a bow on this thing. And I'm going to let Mr. Devlin ask the first question. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. I think I'm ready. I might not be. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me take you as you are today. And take you back to when you first turned pro. What would you have done differently? I would have practiced less and played more. I think that I spent way too much time on the range chasing perfect 
which I unfortunately eventually learned was unattainable rather than spending more time out on the golf course learning how to play the game, the nuances of the game, scoring different shots. Uh, that's one thing that I would have changed for sure. All right. Well, that's fair enough. Uh, second question is an easy one. I'm going to give you one career mulligan. Where do you take it? Oh, there's a couple. There's a couple for sure. <laughs> <laughs> there's a couple for sure. Yeah, it didn't take long. Yeah, but I'm going to go back. To, I'm going to go back to that three putt on the 18th green with Quail Hollow. And go. I've had so many wonderful moments at Quail Hollow. I love. <laughs> I love that club, and I'm fortunate to be a member there. Uh, but, gosh, I wish I had lagged that 30-footer down there and tapped it in and got my first win that week. <laughs> I just cozied it up there. and uh, Okay. All right. Well, that's a good one. Okay. That's, that's a good one. We're going to finish it off with the last question. How would you like to be remembered? Oof. You know, I've never – Bruce, I've never – seen myself as somebody that's had that big of an impact in the game that I'm going to be remembered for for any particular part of it. So it's not something that I've spent that much time mulling over. Right. But you know you I I think I just like to be remembered as a is a good guy, an authentic person, somebody that loved the game, somebody that gave back to the game and treated everybody equally. You know, those are the kinds of things that, that I'm after at, at this point in, in my life. Well, you gave a lot to us today, Mr. Immelman. <laughs> we have you. really appreciated the time you spent with us today telling your life story, and it's been a very interesting one. And uh, personally, thanks for your time. It's been great. Well, it's, uh, it's been a treat for me to hang out with you guys and talk about the game that we all love, the game that's given us so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of For the Good of the Game. And please, wherever you listen to your podcast on Apple and Spotify, if you like what you hear, please subscribe, spread the word, and tell your friends. Until we tee it up again, for the good of the game, so long, everybody. Whack down the fairway, it went smack down the fairway. Then it started to slice just a smidge off line It headed for two, but it bounced off nine My caddy says, long as you're still in the state, you're okay Yes, it went straight down the middle, quite a way